We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. And uh, we're still in the off season, but we have a special episode for you guys because we thought, hey, we've had so many guests on our show. Time has passed since their episode aired. There's gotta be new shit going on in their lives. So we're doing a check-in episode where we are reaching out to some of your favorite guests to see what's new with them. So I, I won't give too much away, but there are some marriages, breakups, reappearances, and also one of our previous anonymous guests reveals his or her real identity. So let's go in with our first past guest, Jessica. Hi guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? We miss you. You're all the way back from season one, episode nine, called Are We or Aren't We? And in this episode, you talk to us about this kind of 
on and off relationship. You never DTR'd, but then you were like sort of in this thing with this guy, but then he basically had an out because he never said that you guys were. So where do you stand today? Oh my gosh, how far we've come. Uh, <laughs> so I am actually, I am getting married in a while. I'm getting married soon. Woo! I'm engaged. Uh, it's crazy to think, and it's funny now that I look back on it, I was so, that was such an interesting time in my life. I learned so much mm -hmm. um, and learned, you know, and now when I listen to the podcast and I hear other people kind of, not in similar, sort of similar situations, but kind of the whole, you know, why can't he commit? What am I doing wrong? And it's like, I was literally, the only thing I was doing wrong was not being truthful to myself. I yeah. just, you know, by not just listening. You know, like, you know, when you ask a question and you know the answer, but you ask the question, like, do these jeans make me look fat? Well, yes, <laughs> but yes, you know, but you're asking because you want someone to tell you different, right? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that you're not getting married to the guy you talked about in your episode. Oh my gosh, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, absolutely so not. how was this time around different than with that guy? When you met your now fiance? Oh, 100%. There were no questions. There was no doubts. I didn't feel like a crazy, insecure person. Mm -hmm. I, you know, there was never, there has never been a single time where I thought, oh, you know, are you seeing someone else? Because that, that just isn't possible. Um, and totally a different scenario, I think. And it's hard to even believe that this was only, you know, over two, a little over two years ago. Let's say one of our listeners or for any of our listeners who were in the same situation or are in the same situation as you in that episode, what's some advice that you could give them as like sort of hindsight is 2020? <laughs> you have to really sit with yourself and kind of find out your own truth because that definitely is not mine. And, um, and I think, you know, listen to yourself. You know the answer. If you're kind of going back and forth or if somebody makes you feel bad or less than what you think you are or if someone's not treating you with the amount of respect that you would treat a dog, then you got to get out. That is not that is not the relationship. That isn't a relationship. I think that you bring up a toxic. really interesting point, which is a lot of times when we date someone, we're so concerned about how we're being perceived by them. We want them to like us. We want them to think we're cool, that we're open, that, you know, that whatever situation we're in, we're, I'm fine with it. But at the right. end of the day, you're the one who has to live with yourself. So yeah. you have to ask yourself, okay, forget how this person feels about me. How do I feel about myself right now? Do I respect myself for the decisions that I'm making? Totally, and also, you're not letting yourself be open to meeting that person that's amazing for you, like Jessica exactly. has met. That is exactly it. It's, you don't sometimes see, I think, uh, how bad that can be when you're in this relationship that's not a relationship, and you think, oh, well, I'm still open, I'm still open, but you're not, mm -hmm. because you're, every, you know, humans were kind of survival of the fittest, hunter-gatherers, we want what we can't have, so we're going to go after that thing that, isn't attainable to us for whatever reason and that i think that's that's where you put your energy and that 
you know, it's it's not meant to happen for a reason. And listen to yourself, run away. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> and respect treat yourself. yourself to some yoga. Yes. <laughs> well, congrats on the upcoming nuptials. We wish you so forever happiness with your man who you didn't have to play any games with or have to guess what, what he was thinking. I mean, when it works, it just works. Now we have Dan on the phone. Dan is from season three, episode nine, called Yellow Fever. <laughs> Dan has a preference for dating Asian women. Dan, how are you? Good, Yue. How are you? I'm <laughs> uh, good. What's the latest? Are you still dating my peoples? I am, although I've wavered a bit Ooh. in my commitment to Yellow Fever. Yeah. Wow. Are you dating like Asian mixes or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tempting as that is. Um, you know, I'm still I'm still dating Asian ladies. It's just, you know, we don't get any younger. So I'm kind of thinking about like, who do I want to settle down with and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And um, my experiences in the past dating, um, dating people of uh, other races or ethnicities um, it was harder, to, it was a lot harder actually to connect with their families, you know, like I think in the episode I mentioned, um, mm -hmm. my black ex, yes. her family just hated me, like, they were giving her, you know, grief about it, and then a couple times I dated, uh, more seriously dated Asian American gals, you know, um, sometimes the parents didn't even speak English, right? right, so it's like, I don't speak Cantonese, you know, so like, and they were nice enough, you know, they were very welcoming, but it's like, shoot, I'd love to kind of, you know, connect with my future wife's family. So what are you getting at? I guess what I'm getting at is I, I see myself marrying a white girl. Really? Well, you have a theory on this. I do. <laughs> I do. Remember in that episode I said there are some guys, I have dated some um, non-Asian guys who see themselves marrying Asian, but most of the non-Asian guys I've dated don't actually end up with Asian. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it is the family connection, mm -hmm. the cultural connection. And I think when you do think long term, um, you know, it's it's not so much about race. It's about like how you were brought up right. and you just you just click better on, on a long term level with people that have similar backgrounds as you. I think so, too. You know, and then especially with the Jewish thing, it's like totally I, like I really enjoyed um well, I wouldn't say I enjoy being raised Jewish, but I enjoy the result. Like, it's nice to be Jewish. You know, like, I like my people. Mm -hmm. like, I agree with you, you know? on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Julie? She's Jewish. <laughs> Bam! Six uh, months ago, as you may, now it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but Asian Jewish, kind of interchangeable sometimes. Well, I mean, don't they? I've heard Chinese people refer to as the Jews of the East for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Interesting. For value education. <laughs> So, are you dating right now? Yes, although not seriously. Okay. Okay. Are you dating Asian? Are you? Is there a mix of white and Asian? Uh, it's a mix. Although I have a bit of a moral quandary, which is I'm still very attracted to Asian women. Mm. But it's like, but if I if I don't have a strong intent of maybe ending up in right. a long term situation, I, yeah. I feel like maybe I'm leading them on a little bit. You know. But what if they're like? fifth, sixth, seventh generation Asian American, then there really shouldn't be that much of a cultural gap, right? It is, though. A little. 
Yeah, because I, I've dated Asian guys who felt like my parents were so non-Asian in the way they think. They're like, my parents are very progressive. I had an experience recently that kind of um, it really affected me. And I, I went to, um, my friend had a baby shower, you know, and he's, he's awesome. His wife is awesome. And uh, he's half Chinese, half white, and she's Filipino, mm -hmm. right? And I go there, and it's just Filipino people for days, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when, when they show up, they show up. You know? <laughs> yeah. And everyone was super nice, and it was easy, easy to connect with. And I watched him interacting with his, you know, in-laws, and, and it hit me, like, you're not just marrying a person. You're yeah, marrying a family. it's true. You know? Yep. And it's just, so on some level, I feel like, it would be easier to marry, like the, you said it, like the more similar your, your upbringing, the easier it is to kind of merge those things. I agree though, like I always thought for a while like it didn't matter and then I recently went to my cousin's wedding and mm -hmm. she's pretty like Jewish and she married someone nice. that's very similar and like they, like, the parents just get along well, like it's just like yeah. it feels like effortless. And it's not to say that a relationship can't work when it's not, right? but there right. was something about them like having that shared background that just made it really natural and I don't mean to generalize but I'm just thinking back on all my interracial friends who, who married interracial um, partners and a lot of them like have married guys who have no families mm. that's really sad to say but it's like they're either um, like they're they're not as close to their families or they're uh, they may not just have that many family members I, you know, I, I actually haven't seen that many of my friends who've married interracially who have both have like huge families right. that they're close to. Interesting. Yeah, but that's uh, a again, fascinating point. It is. I mean, every, every that's girl just I dated, me, seriously, who was of another race, mm -hmm. she was kind of like me in that we were both like we had almost like unmoored ourselves from our families to some extent. Mm. Like I'm not super close with most of my extended family. Mm. And and every every gal had that same situation. It was like for whatever reason. She, I mean, some of them were just straight up like alienated from their family, like didn't like their parents, didn't talk, all that sort of stuff, you know. And then you so can kind like, of bond over that. Yeah, or at least it's like a less of an obstacle. In right. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not as hard to merge the families as it's not really families to merge, you know. Right. So, what you really need, Dan, is like our friend Jenna. She's, <laughs> she's Asian, but she's Jewish. <laughs> and she met her now. Uh, out to be husband on so, J date. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, but yeah. Wait, she, so I mean, some Jewish guy saw an Asian chick on J date and was like, "Is this a hoax? <laughs> like, is someone trolling me right she now?" She jokes about that. Yeah, but she's like full on Jewish. Yeah, she's she, probably more religious oh, okay. than yeah. I am because she was adopted. Well, yeah, I mean, not officially, right? No, no. I mean, she was just raised Jewish because she's adopted. Yeah. Well, that's what gets me about the Jewish thing, right? Is is there's totally like if you're if. Um, you're Jewish, there's like people judge each other over how Jewish they are, you know? So like, I'm like reformed Jewish and the reformed Jews are all good, but you go to conservative and they're like, was your mother Jewish? And I'm like, no. right. And they're like, don't talk to me. Dan, I right. know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I'm nodding in full agreement here. I I'm get like, you. Yeah, but she did the ocean dunking and all that stuff. <laughs> like, all right, Dan, well, this is a conversation that we're going to keep going with you know I mean <laughs> next season seasons after that we're gonna keep exploring this idea of not just yellow fever but interracial dating in general totally. who do you really end up with you know what what does it really mean to connect and to see someone for the long term so thank you for being open and honest with us 
then good luck trying to find that nice combination of Asian looking but maybe Jewish background. <laughs> now we have Katie. Katie! Oh my gosh, to your ghost. So in Katie's episode, she was from season two, episode three, in an episode called The Two Year Ghost, where she was dating this guy really liked this guy, things were progressing well, and then he went away on a trip and came back because she never heard from him again till two years later. And he came back into her life, was like, hey, I'm ready for a relationship, and then ghosted again. So basically, he's a two-year ghost who ghosted twice in those two years. So Katie, what's the latest update with you? So he's now the seven-year ghoster, I What? Say. <laughs> yeah. So I met him... At Seven years ago, he came back two years later, and then actually he just came back around in January of this year. Shut up. Wow. And I was at a time in my life, because the last time we spoke, I was in a relationship, and I was no longer in that relationship. It ended. And um, so I thought, you know, I'll go out for drinks with this guy, find out what he's up to. Um, and funny enough, I mean, we talked for many hours like we always do, but I realized immediately, I was like, I am not attracted to this guy anymore. I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then a month later he was like, Hey, let's meet for happy hour again. I thought, why not? Um, <laughs> and at that moment, I don't know why I just keep saying, why not? You know, <laughs> Cause you know, it's a I'm good bored, story. <laughs> Because you want to come on a podcast and talk about it. I know, I know. And, uh, I met him, and he confessed that he had always liked me, respected me, and had thought of me, and he was really ready for a relationship again. Um, and it shocked me because, of course, well, you know what? It shouldn't have shocked me, but I think it shocked myself because I was, at that point, I was like, attracted to him. Did you confront him about his two-year ghosting offense? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm very blunt, and I just always, I kind of laughed it off. Of, yeah, I figured it was about time for you to come back around, and I laughed about it. It's just that he's always, it's really busy with work, and really consume, self-consume, and he forgets about things. Oh, my God. <laughs> my eyes are rolling so hard right now, it hurts. I know, so... Out of curiosity, how did this ghost come back? What was his mode of communication? Uh, funny enough, he had sent me an, an email on Facebook uh -huh. for a Coachella. Um, he was inviting me to go to Coachella with he and his friends. What? And I literally haven't talked to him in years, and I thought it was like a, um, he accidentally sent it to me. So a few days go by, I'm like, hey... You know, I think this was a, you know, I'm sorry, you may have meant to send this to somebody else. And he goes, no, I meant to send it to you. And I thought, and I told all my friends, I was like, are you, can you believe this? Like, like it, no time had passed. I'm like, so fucking I don't even talk to this guy. He wants me to, anyway. Um, so that's what sparked the conversation again. So next time when he reaches out again, you should just send him a link to your episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And ended at that. I did tell him he needs to be very careful with other girls, that he needs to be for sure when he meets somebody he likes and actually Good, them, good. So. You are paying it forward. That's awesome. Yes. Hopefully so. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's receptive, but at least you did your part. I did do my part. Has anybody else ghosted on you? 
No. Good. <laughs> That's a positive. Good. That, is, that is a positive yeah. news right there. Yeah, people always reach out about your story. I know you were like, it's nothing super special, but it's so relatable. So relatable. So it's one of our most just popular topics. Yep. Having an honest conversation with them saying, you know, what you do is not adult-like. It's not mature. So have you been ghosted on... Know that your ghost will always come back. And when they do, prepare a speech for them. Really pay it forward. Tell them like it is. And let them know that it's not cool to do that. And two, they shouldn't do it to other people that they date. And I think like what Katie did in the sense of like, you know this is a personality trait of this person now. And that affects like your future of how serious you're going to view them as a romantic possibility. Yep, it's true. All right. Well, thanks, Katie, for checking in with us. You know, we'll never ghost you. We've promised that to you before. And you have our word for, for now and forever. Next on the phone, we have Robert. Hey. He's from season one. <laughs> season one, episode 10, which was our finale called Are You Opposed to Hooking Up? where Robert did this Tinder experiment. He messaged a bunch of girls and asked if they were opposed to hooking up. And he hooked up. I mean, <laughs> that was basically the end of it. And also, I followed that up with a Tinder experiment of my own, which didn't have the same results, but it definitely was equally as entertaining. So, Robert, I, I know that you, you have some big news for us, actually. You no longer live in San Francisco. Yeah, that's part of it. I, I live in New York now. Okay, so I heard through the grapevine, and also I stalk you on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> aren't you dating someone in, in New York? I am. The opportunities were so good over here, I found somebody I actually want to spend time with. And how did you meet her? What's funny is I actually spotted her on Facebook. She was a suggested friend, and most of the time somebody is a suggested friend because you know somebody in common. So I decided to strategically, instead of reach out directly, which would have been creepy, <laughs> I talked to the in-common friend who happened to be somebody in a position of power, in, at least in this person's eyes, and had them put in a good word for me in person. And it worked. Were you in San Francisco when this all went down? I was. Oh. And you knew she was in New York? I did, but I knew I was going to be traveling um, because at the time I was running a company that, that did stuff all over the all over the United States events-wise. So I figured, well, maybe I'll uh, you know have some fun when I'm in New York. So I'll, you know, and this girl seems cool. But it's uh, one of those things where you got to be careful what you wish for because um, she was so awesome that I fell in love. Oh. But when you no. reached out to her, she knew you lived in San Francisco. Does she have, have any qualms about meeting you? At the time, she was single, and I think she sort of saw it in the same way. Like, oh, there's this guy I can come visit in, in San Francisco and, you know, go visit California. You know, because most New Yorkers kind of dream about California life. And so I think it was sort of the, the vice versa thing going on. Hmm. Did you move to New York for her? Yeah, for the most part, I was just sort it was sort of an interesting time. Like, I've been in San Francisco for, I think, about four years and lived in Northern California my whole life. Mm. And so that was part of it, just wanting to get out. And then I got a job that 
allowed me to work remote and they were cool with me moving. And then on top of that, on top of the adventure factor and the job enablement factor, there was the love factor. So I was listening to your episode Um, the other day, actually, again, on repeat. And there was a comment we were talking about at the end about, like, just meaningless hookups, like, just random hookups and how there's a period of your life that that, that's great to do because it prepares you for, like, the real deal. Do you think that's true now that you've found the real girl here? Yeah, take us through, like, the Robert that we knew from Are You Opposed to Hooking (laughs) Up Tinder Experiment to the Robert we know now who moved to New York for this girl that he's in love with. Yeah, well, um... I, I totally agree, uh, especially in this day of age of our uh, season, sorry, uh, millennial internet lifestyle. We have so many choices. We, if we really do want to end up uh, finding that person to settle down with and marry, we've got to quote-unquote get it out of our system. And I've spoken with my girlfriend on several occasions about this, um, and she feels the exact same way. She mm-hmm. got it out of her system. I mean, she even did drugs. Uh, hardcore drugs. I never even got into that. <laughs> There's always time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think I think the bottom line is you gotta go crazy. You know, sure, there's gonna be exceptions out there. You know, especially if you live in the Midwest and in a religious family, I'm sure maybe you'll always be the same way. But I don't know. That could even make it worse. But I think, um, you know, as far as wanting to rebel and get out, but I think. I think, yeah, you've got to go through that phase. Um, and, and I think all three of us know people very close to us that, you know, maybe then been married their whole 20s and now they're going out and get pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So it's the reverse. And I, I, so either way, yeah, you, I think you got to go through it because once you get a taste of that addictive swiping, uh, you know, that Tinder is so good at getting you on or, or any of these dating you know, there's an addictive element to it at a subconscious level. We under the marketing research, and that's how they built these sites. Um, if you get a taste of that, just just go through with it. You know. Yeah. Um, I think you also said something about how when you're like happily with someone, you can compare it because you you know the emptiness that comes from like one night stands mm. and date after date not going there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think it's good to recount the benefits with that person that don't really think about as well like you know we'll talk about the amount of time saved uh, that I can contribute to my business life and building a life yeah um, making more money you know that otherwise I'd be not only not spending that time but spending money um, on more dates uh, so there's there's obvious drawbacks the, the grass is always on the other side it looks just you know whether we're dating and we see that beautiful couple embracing each other and having sex on tap whenever we want. Um, but on the other side, it's like, oh, well, I have to come home to the same person every night, or I think they're getting fat. And, you know, there's, there's, there's always going to be good and bad to both sides, and you just got to, like, really focus on the good parts. So very quickly, how do you know when you're over that phase? I think it was when I really didn't enjoy waking up uh, with a hangover, and I just wasn't satisfied with um, with who I was hooking up with it, it, it was just I think it was I think it was several factors I think it was my my health and my time becoming more valuable than you know just the act of hooking up 
But I also think it was a luck in, in terms of finding somebody. I think statistically speaking, if you're aggressive, dating enough people, uh, meeting enough people, you're going to find a pretty good person that is, um, you know, is going to be compatible with you. Yeah. So I think it was also timing for that. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And last but not least, you said that you're okay revealing your identity, right? So Robert, who are you? My, my name is Cole. Yeah, Cole! <laughs> Thank you so much, Cole. Congrats on falling in love in the concrete jungle. We miss you in San Francisco, but I'm sure we'll see you again. Gosh, how fun just hearing all of our previous guests. I feel I like we have this like other network of friends now that we can check in with. I mean, I can't believe it's only been a year, like a little over a year since we started this too. Doesn't it feel like it's been like forever? But see, that's, <laughs> that's a great thing about dating is that oh if you feel like you're in a rut, just know that that time passes so fast oh and God, anything could happen in the next day, in the next hour. Totally. Yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. People's situations change really quickly. Really quickly. Which brings us to us. To us. <laughs> Our own updates. We're we, getting real. Yes. <laughs> Julie, let's start with your updates. Yeah. So I guess basically when we started this podcast, I was in a relationship with a man that I loved very, mm -hmm. very deeply. Um, but probably as you've gathered from my comments here and there, our relationship didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, like it was definitely like real that a lot of things, like, despite how much love you can have for someone, like, sometimes just life happens and, like, things just don't work out. Yeah, I think the other thing, it's, like, it's so cliche, but, like, timing is so essential. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, everything else can be in place. You can meet that person that you just click with so well. But if, like, things in life don't match up, like, it just doesn't work out sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where that went. And then, obviously, through this time, like, I... Kind of decided to like take a conscious break of dating Good. and like being single. Um, I think in most of my life, like obviously after a breakup, like I had a period of heartbreak, but then just like thinking about like the past like years of like 20s and 30s, like there's always been like someone in the picture, even if it's not like a boyfriend, like there's like a friend with benefits or like serial dating. And I'm like, I just need some time to be alone and like mm -hmm. figure shit out. Um, so that included therapy actually, which is ironic because when I first started doing that, it was after Dave's episode, mm. like literally right at Dave's, when we recorded Dave's episode, it was like my first session. So, I mean, I totally agree with everything he said in the sense of like, I feel like I know myself so much better now and it hasn't been even that long, but like just the work I feel like I've done in the last like year or so is like. I feel like I know who I'm looking for. Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, weird because, like, I had a few friends that went through this, like, kind of period that they, like, stopped, they didn't go out as much and, like, they weren't dating as much. And at the time, I was, like, I don't understand, like, why they're, like, doing this. And now I totally get it because, like, I just feel like there's this period. It's almost like a transition of, like, moving to a different stage of life. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've kind of been there. So, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, who knows what's going to happen, like, my friends I mentioned, like, they actually met, like, the people they ended up, like, marrying or, like, really being serious with kind of after this reset. And I don't know. I, f I personally feel like I'm, like, in the best period to be in a very serious partnership more than I... I mean, I know it's, like, hindsight, but, like, in the past, like, I don't think I was fully there when I thought I was. Mm, that's so. good to know. So you're going through a period of... Um 
truly trying to find yourself. And, and I hate saying that because it sounds so cliche. <laughs> you, didn't Bali, yeah. <laughs> you didn't go to Bali, you didn't go to yoga retreat, you didn't go to like a silent meditation retreat, but you made a conscious deci- decision to say, I need to reconnect with myself. Yeah. Right. And I need to figure out where I am in my life. What I'm what am I looking for? Why this previous relationship didn't work out? But what did I learn from it? And And how do I good in it, too? Right. And how do I take that into the next relationship? I think, you know, what we often see with our girlfriends too, Julie, it's, you know, some of our single girlfriends are kind of like, okay, it's. Thursday night, it's Wednesday night, it's Friday night, let's go to the bars because that's where the guys are, you know, let's go where the people are. And that's not always necessarily the case. If you're not in a place where you're ready for a relationship, going out to the bars and going out to meet people really does nothing for you other than just wasting your breath and your time. So I, I really commend you for taking the time to get yourself ready, just like Dave did, which I need to uh, just remind everyone that was our season four season finale. Um, if you're going through sort of this transition or at this crossroads, you have to listen to this, his episode because totally. he took a year after his divorce to say, I need to know who I am right. and what I'm looking for. Who totally. am I looking for? Love it. Yeah. Cool. And then on to me, I guess I've now been with my boyfriend for a year. And Ooh, this on your mark. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy to think about that because our you know podcast has been on air for a little bit over a year. But um, we've been together for a year. We got a dog together. That seemed like a really, uh, I don't know, a huge next step, right? Because <laughs> we're both like co-parenting. I'm still pretty connected to the dating world because most of my friends are single now. I came to San Francisco where most of my friends were in relationships and now it's completely flipped. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, like when you, we started this, you were like the one going on all like the date, yes. the blind dates and like our positions flipped. Like it's, it's just so things funny all the time. It's so funny. So I have a question for you. Oh. Remember one of your early episodes, uh-huh. season one. Don't Molly and date. Don't Molly and date. <laughs> and this was basically about how you um, had this kind of, guy that was flaking out on you and you were very upset about it like how have things been different with your current boyfriend things have been so different with my current boyfriend because you know what it's not a cat and mouse game anymore i think with the other guy what was so intriguing about him was that it was a cat and mouse it was a game and it was it was fun while it lasted but that's only that's the reason why it only lasted for you know a week or whatever (laughs) it was and affected me so much I think when you're with the right person, and I don't mean to be like, oh, the right person for the rest of my life, like we don't need to even think that long term. But when you're with the person who's suitable for you right now, it's like you can just breathe. It's like namaste all the way, right? (laughs) I don't need to be second guessing him or second guessing myself. Or like deciding when you're gonna text and all that stuff. Yes, and then wondering where he is and wondering why he hasn't texted back. I mean, there's just like, you just don't go through all that stress and anxiety anymore because you're with someone who is suited for you. Totally. And that's how you know. You just calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> but on another note is, so Julie and I gave you our um, very quick updates, but we also have some updates about our Able. podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've come a long way as well. We started this podcast thinking this is going to be really fun. It could be really interesting. Dude, I, I mean... I, I know I am biased, but this podcast has helped me so much. Same. 
same. Like I said, this year's been like instrumental for me. I think a lot of it has been the podcast too. Just hearing other people and like knowing sharing other people are in it too. Having those takeaways and also just reflecting on the things I've done that I'm not so proud of, right? (laughs) And and correcting my own behavior. And at the same time, it's like creating this community. We really appreciate all of you guys who've reached out to us totally. and come to our events and said hi to us, stopped us on the street or stopped us at an event. It like makes our day. It literally sure. makes our day. Like literally I go home and I, I dance around my apartment because someone reached out. It's so great to hear from you because one, we know we're not in this alone. And two, it's great to know that you know, power in numbers. We can make dating better. We can date smarter. We can date better together. Right. I think also it's just like opened my mind so much. Like we've had a lot of non-traditional relationships Mm -hmm. come on and like things that like I just didn't really know that much from just to be completely honest. Yep, definitely. So let's give some numbers. We are now at over 400,000 listens. Yep. Damn. Almost half We're on Ask Men Thought Catalog. Uh-huh. Brides. We made an appearance on Brides. <laughs> Brit and Co. Bustle. A lot. And also, we are revving up for season five. I know you guys are anxious. We are too. We just started recording for season five. And let me tell you guys, I can't wait to roll out season five. And last but not least, we are really into this idea of how technology is affecting dating in terms of modern dating. And, um, you know, Online dating is going to be around for a while, but the next step really may be virtual reality. Yeah, I mean, like, if you think about where online dating started with, like, Match, that was basically, like, a personal ad online and now evolved to Tinder, where it really became just super mainstream. It's like, people used to be, like, ashamed of online dating, and now it's, like, in every conversation we have. Where is it going next? And, like, like you said, with virtual reality, it's, like... Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Right. I mean, now we're already complaining about us hiding behind text messages. Next step with VR, we're going to hide behind VR glasses and, you know, or is it going to facilitate better connections because now we can actually go on these virtual dates before we meet in real life. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying is that it like really helps streamline and make it more efficient. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, that's something people complain about, right? It's just how much time it takes to go on these dates that aren't even really a date. It's like a first meet. Yeah. So if you can like simulate that in a real world environment on VR, is that more effective or is that going to start replacing actual dates? Is it going to kill romance? I don't know. But the reason why we're (laughs) telling you guys this is because uh, we came up with this idea for a panel for South by Southwest next year. And um, the whole idea is what is the future of online dating using virtual reality? And we have um, a group of panelists who have opposing views. Some are pro VR, some are anti VR. And we'll also talk about what VR dating would actually look like. We have some mock-ups of that. So what we need from you guys is some major help. So to be picked by South by Southwest, we need some votes. Yeah, 30% of if we get in or not, is just by public votes alone. Yes, and voting has started and it'll end end of August. So what we could really use is your help in upvoting our panel, our panel Mm -hmm. idea. Um, There's a link on our website to it. You can also search for Panel Picker South by Southwest and you'll find the website and you can just search for the future of online dating with VR. And then also if you're listening on SoundCloud, we put a vote button 
at the bottom of the episode. So you can just click that and it will go directly to the link too. We would really appreciate your votes because we really want to bring this topic to South by Southwest and we really, really want to open up this discussion of what the future of online dating could look like. Super fascinating, a little bit scary at the same time. (laughs) But again, we could really use your help and, uh, you know, we really appreciate all the support you guys have shown us already. So um, if you can, please vote for us. So that's it. I think that's it. We're still recording for season five. We're still wanting more guests. If you want to be a guest on our show, just contact us. If you want to uh, recommend a friend or refer a friend for our show, you can do that as well. You, you can do that anonymously. Which you is, have that friend that just has the killer stories. Yes. Let's get them on. Yeah, let's get them on. Okay, I hope you guys are excited for season five. But until then, um, vote for us. <laughs> <laughs> South by Southwest panel picker. All right, guys. Last but not least, stay Stay dateable. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm